everybody, and welcome to the Colts Cast. My name is Eric Smith, co-host of the Colts Cast. Alongside me, as always, I have co-host Jamal Lawrence here. Yo, yo. We are here to talk about everything and anything Indianapolis Colts. Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button so you can be notified on every new episode. Please be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Colts Cast and on Instagram at Colts Cast. We've already highlighted that Alec Pierce is going for a thousand receiving yards this season. Easy it's, money. It's just you know that that's what our algorithm pooped out. That that was the projection. So we're we're gonna keep by it. <laughs> but not only will you see new episodes posted on there and our projections, which you will see updates from us, polls we run, highlight videos, and fresh takes we tweet. Again, that's at the Colts Cast on Twitter and at Colts Cast on Instagram. Jamal, you looking tired right there? Dog, I am exhausted today. So, I, so I can't ask you the question then because you you're not gonna answer how I Man, want you to. Let, then let me just show you how ready I am, bro. Let me just show you real quick. Like, uh, okay, uh, we got one framed up right here. Oh. Peyton Manning jersey. That that's the that's, Tennessee. That's the Tennessee jersey. And then let me see if I can turn this real quick for you. That was signed too. All right, my fault. I don't know. I think when I unplugged it, it messed up. But real quick, just want to say, got JT up on the wall there for everybody. So we'll we'll put pictures on Twitter. And a signed JT jersey. What's up? You got to sign everything. So you know I'm ready. Well, I'm not even gonna ask today. We are ready to get into some Indianapolis Colts content. So on today's episode, we are gonna do a very early. Mock draft for 2023 for the Indianapolis Colts. And we're not doing the entire draft. That would be silly. We will just touch on the first round today and predict who the Colts will end up taking. I know Chris Ballard and the rest of the front office, they're already prepping for next year's draft. Training camp is probably the utmost importance right now, but that doesn't mean we can't have some fun with the 2023 mock draft projection. And it, it might seem silly to do it early, but there's already a number of intriguing prospects to examine. So let's get right into it. If you thought the last quarterback class was mediocre, you are in luck. Not Andrew Luck, but you're in, still in luck. <laughs> <laughs> this quarterback class is looking to be great. That could all change, though. Uh, we, we We see what happens when people do too early mock drafts like we're doing, but... Right now, we have a number of already established quarterbacks in the NCAA football league. We have to see how they play out this year, see if they can still give that success they did like they did last year, or for other quarterbacks needing to prove themselves, can they step up to the plate? So without further ado, let's begin and start off who will most likely be gone before our pick. And we're just talking about quarterbacks right now. So I'm going to project us at about a number 20 pick overall. You know, we make a little playoff run. Uh, of course, we're making a run, you know, to the Super Bowl. But I just want to be conservative here, you know. <laughs> Give the people what they want. Yeah. Jamal, are you liking any quarterbacks right now? Of course I am. Um, I'm biased as to who we should pick up. We'll get into that all later on. But, yeah, no, I am liking quite a few quarterbacks. But, you know, like you mentioned, with us coming in at probably the number 20 spot, I know there will be a handful that will be gone at that point, which is not bad. You know, sometimes it's it's you don't want to jump the gun too early on some of these other quarterbacks because 
again, a lot of times these guys, they play in these power five schools and it's always different once you get to the league, big difference. So maybe, maybe in our best interest that maybe we don't have, or I shouldn't say that we don't have, because who knows what's going to happen this season. We're going to go 12 and five, but you know, in a, uh, an unfortunate world, we have a losing record that could bump us to a little bit lower than 20. Um, but there are a couple quarterbacks I'm liking this year. What about you? Yeah, I, I, I like a few of them. The two I think that will no matter what be gone, though, are C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, unless mm-hmm. we somehow trade it up for them. And mm-hmm. even then, there's going to be teams next year that are not going to want to trade down. They are going to want to take one of these quarterbacks. You know, you got people like, I mean, the Falcons could even take one, even though they just took Desmond Ritter. But like the Lions, the Texans, uh, the Jets, if they want to move on from Zach Wilson, the Giants, (laughs) all of these teams are projected to have more losses than us, which is going to guarantee them a higher pick. Uh, The Mm -hmm. Panthers, Seahawks, there's a lot of teams that will draft a quarterback and will draft one of these quarterbacks if given the chance. So why do I think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young are going to be gone? C.J. Stroud, he's looking like a good prospect. He's 6'3", 215. He threw for 4,435 yards last year, 44 touchdowns and six interceptions. He's at Ohio State. Took over after Justin Fields left. Phenomenal numbers, as I was just saying. I mean, he led one of the best, if not the best, offense in college football last year. They averaged 561.2 yards per game. <laughs> they're, they're putting up almost 600 yards a game. That's on the air and ground, but that that's a lot of yards. It's crazy. Yeah. He has good arm strength, pretty athletic, reads coverage very well. Completion percentage over 70%. That's really good. Extremely accurate. I read his footwork could you know use some work. But if he replicates his 2021 20, season with the Buckeyes, he goes top five and even footwork, you know, those are things you can work on in the NFL. We've seen quarterbacks improve on that. That's something that can be corrected. Bryce Young, 4,800 yards, almost 4,900 yards for 50 touchdowns, seven interceptions at Alabama last year. Heisman Trophy winner. Boom. Also reads coverage very well. Good arm, very accurate. Exceptional playmaker. He reminds me of Patrick Mahomes a little bit when I've seen him play. And I mean that as far as he can make magic happen by turning a negative play into a positive play. So if you give him time in the pocket, he's going to put the ball where it needs to be. I don't know if you guys watched a lot of SEC games last year, but Bryce Young, he looked like a stud, especially when he was given time. Even if he's not given that time, just like I was saying with that Patrick Mahomes comparison, he can create magic. The one thing looming over his head that he can't change is he's undersized. Six foot, that, that's pretty short for a prototypical quarterback. But even undersized QBs like Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Mike Vick, they were all able to elevate their teams and be successful quarterbacks in the NFL. So that's the one thing that people keep talking about him negatively. Oh, he's undersized. He's, he can't see over the line. Nah, I'm not too worried about that. But... um. I don't know about you, Jamal. I think Stroud goes first simply because of his size. Just has, yeah, I agree. His frame's a little different. Um, I mean, he's he's definitely been successful at Ohio State. So let's take the more uh, the quarterback with more physical attributes. But I honestly, I I prefer Bryce Young because 
what he can do in the pocket behind a good O line. It, I mean, it just just go watch film on him. We'll be back after a quick break. If if you look really well at the revenues of the different clubs and so on, like AC Milan uh, has had uh, a kind of dark time of uh, around yeah. the decade, right? You know, we we kind of. Uh, 15 years ago, we were leveled with Man United in terms of revenues, uh-huh. uh, Madrid and Barca, right? Sure. Like they've all taken off. They've all really developed commercially. AC Milan kind of stayed pretty much flat in terms of revenues until like three years ago, the new kind of leadership team came on board and started looking at things in a, in a, in a different way. So we also acknowledge, you know, we, we, we have a lot to do, uh, a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think Bryce um, definitely played really well all season long. I didn't like to so play. He played great behind a good line and he is undersized. Um, but, you know, we, we've seen other quarterbacks do it year after year after year. So I think it'll be a pretty bright future for him. Uh, those two will definitely, I feel like, be gone. Uh, a couple other guys out there, too. Um, not, did you want to go over any of those or do you want to just get into sure. you know, who, who may be who on the board? Who are you biased on? Let me know. Hmm. Uh, this is where it's a little tough for me because I, I kind of get caught up. I kind of get caught up in the stats and, and some of these things, it, 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 it affects me in a negative way, to be honest with you, because we'll leave us out of Kentucky. You know, I, I think that he will still be there when it's time for us to pick. And I think that he could potentially be a good pick for us, especially to learn behind uh, Matt Ryan, I mean, just taking a look at his stats since he's been at Kentucky, and they, they've been pretty solid. Um, just last year, he threw for twenty-eight or 2,826 yards, 24 touchdowns. Um, but these are the kind of things that scare me, like the interceptions. He threw for 13 interceptions, so 24 and 13, which, you know, is, it's not the end of the world, but it just scares me a little bit because it makes me wonder maybe is he not as patient as he should be? Um, or is he trying to maybe is maybe his accuracy maybe off some, I mean, cause he's six, three, two thirty two, So I mean, awesome size for a quarterback, for what we would need uh, and behind the O-line we're trying to build up as well as with JT in the backfield. I mean, I think he kind of goes into a very cushioned spot uh, if he were to come to us, but I just get afraid when I see those 13 interceptions, because to me, I think a lot of these are probably mental mistakes where they're trying, where he may have been trying to uh, stuff the ball in areas where it can't go, or his accuracy just may not be up to par. And I like everything else, but that's the biggest thing that scares me just because I think that once you get to this level, once you get to the NFL, a lot of these habits like that are already embedded in you, you know, and I can't say that, everyone can't fix it because I think with Jameis Winston, he was terrible accuracy when he came into the league. He threw for all kinds of interceptions. And I mean, over the past couple of years, he's been a little better. Uh, so, I, you know, whether it's his eyes got better or his coaching staff did a better job with him. I mean, he definitely turned it around, but I just kind of get a little nervous whenever I see that, because that makes me just think that if it was, were these interceptions where he was trying to extend the play or maybe are they interceptions where he just, through a duck, you know, and you know, right place, right time type of a deal. But besides that, man, I really like him. I think that he would be a good fit, especially to come in and learn a year behind uh, Matty Ice, because that's kind of what I want. I would hate 
well, I don't think that Ballard would ever trade up, you know, to get a lower uh, first round quarterback anyway. But in the event he did, I think that's a lot of commitment to tell that quarterback that they have to sit behind a starter for a year because when these guys are going early first round, they anticipate playing, you know. So you got to have someone who who's going to be willing to come in and kind of learn learn the ropes. And I think that he may be a guy who who may be willing to take that route. So I, I guess I have I have two questions. So okay. one, you do like Will Levis? I I do like him. Yeah, I do like him overall. Interceptions scare me, but overall, yeah, I think he's a great size, um, and I, I think that he he could he could come into a Frank Wright system and and do okay. So I I like the comparison you kind of gave to Jameis Winston. So what I know about Will Levis, I, I've seen a little bit on him. He he forces things a lot. And I think mm. that's where a lot of those mistakes, those interceptions come in. So Jameis Winston, you know, he'd see like double coverage and just be like, nah, bro. And then <laughs> he, he'd shank it down. And I mean, Jameis Winston, I remember one game. I mean, that man had four interceptions before the half was over with no touchdowns. Another quarterback that kind of forces things is Matthew Stafford. And he just won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But he he tied... I think with Trevor Lawrence for the most interceptions this season. Oh, wow. And that's probably, you know, the only knock on him is that he tries to force a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. if he, you know, maybe threw the ball away a little bit more or maybe took the check down, it it wouldn't have led to so many interceptions. So, yeah, I I see why that's a concern there. But he's he's got a big arm. Yeah, he's got a big arm, and I, I like those big arm quarterbacks because they they can make those big time plays, those fifty sixty yard throws. I, I I do like that. Yeah, and that's really what we want in this day and age. Shoot, I mean, we know it's a you know a gunslinging quarterback, and we haven't had one of those in years. So it'll be nice to see a quarterback who can successfully get the ball twenty twenty five yards downfield. And it actually hit a receiver in the chest versus underthrowing them, you know. So yeah, I I I did see a lot of people think Anthony Richardson will fall. Yeah, to I saw us. that too. Yeah, a little dual threat quarterback out of Florida, but I don't think he has a lot of experience yet. So we'll have mm-hmm. to see what he does this year. But yeah, I mean, I've seen some quarterbacks potentially going in the first round, like Cam Ward, Tyler Van Dyke. Uh, we just talked about Will Levis, uh, Spencer Rattler, potentially, depending yeah, yeah. on what he does. Because a year ago, he was locked in as a top five pick a year ago. But that changed when he got benched out of Oklahoma and ultimately transferred to South Carolina. So my my big issue with him is just, is he uncoachable? Mm. Can he fix his maturity? Like, stuff like that. I'm worried about, but we have to see what he does this year. But he he has all the talent. Uh, and we we saw it in in uh, two years ago at Oklahoma with him. Yeah. So okay, well let's let's talk about some other positional needs. So sure, we do need a long term answer at quarterback instead of switching quarterbacks every single year. <laughs> yeah. And it's most likely going to be a deep class in 2023, but. We're not the front office. Do you think the Colts could go in another direction and opt out, you know, or just simply maybe try to take a quarterback in the later round or just not even worry about that? What do we do here with our first round pick that we haven't had in so long? Well, and see, that's that's what 
that's what I was thinking of as well. I don't really know because I kind of forgot it's been a while. I personally think I should go for the O line. Okay. Should go for another lineman. And the reason why is because Balor has made it clear that even with Bernard Raymond, you know, even though he played tackle, he said if he's good enough, we want to put him wherever he's needed. So he's not even committed to being a tackle. And we got a couple of good tackles coming out here, you know, this year that I think could fall late in the first round, you know, it's even second rounders, but I, I think there'll be a great pickup for us in the second round, or excuse me, in the first round, mainly because we don't know Matt Pryor, how that's going to work out. We don't know how Danny Pinter is going to work out. So I would just personally like to see us take a, not a, I don't want to say a guaranteed tackle, but a tackle with a little more of a higher profile. Um, a couple ones I like a lot that I've been kind of looking at here. Um, first one, Peter Skoronsky from Northwestern. Big dude, 6'4", 294 pounds. Uh, he's only played two years, so he played his freshman and sophomore year. Um, but just some quick stats on him. His freshman year, he played nine games, played 62, 672 snaps. Allowed 11 hurries, four quarterback hits, and two sacks. Sophomore year, three more games he played, uh, 828 snaps. Allowed only one additional hurry at 12, two additional QB hits, and no more sacks. Pretty good for, you know, Northwestern, they, they uh, not a bad school to be coming out of. Um, and then there's another one I was kind of looking at, too, which... Is it Paris Johnson? Yeah, Paris Johnson. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, five-star recruit out of high school, man. And I'm and as much as, you know, Ohio State, you know, I feel about them, but I am never gonna not <laughs> accept somebody from them. Uh six six, three hundred and fifteen pounds. You know, he didn't play a lot of freshman year, but a sophomore year, he thirteen games, seven hundred and sixty-eight snaps, thirteen hurries, one quarterback hit, and no sacks. But I don't know if you saw this. All that came at him playing at right guard. So he he didn't mm. play tackle, um, but he he's tackle size. Uh, and you, honestly, so wait, do you think those numbers would improve if he moved to tackle? I I think so because his I I personally think so because I think the DNs would definitely be obviously a lot better. Well, I shouldn't say obviously a lot better, but the DNs will be better in the NFL. And I think that using I think interior linemen are really good. And I think that whenever you bump an interior lineman out to the outside, they do excel because you're, you, you do lose a blocker on either side of you, whether you're coming from the left or right, because you don't have someone on both sides of you anymore. But you also have to understand that a lot of interior linemen, they're really quick. You know, they're, they're quick on the feet because they have to get up to the second level to these linebackers and to the safety. So they're really, they're pretty nimble. Um, and I think that could benefit him a lot, you know, especially, coming into this left side for us. And again, six six three fifteen. That's prototypical size, man. I mean, I, I Oh yeah. That that's that'd be great. That but yeah, I I agree. Those two linemen, however, because they're I think they're projected as tackles, they're not gonna be there for us at twenty. I know. And that's what so. I know you said they may, but they may, yeah. Tackles, you know, if they have any type of talent high-end prospect talent they're going to be taking top 10 top 15 they don't usually they don't usually fall out of there they're sometimes they get taken top five that's true that's true well you know there there's one more though i don't know if you know anything about darnell right out of tennessee six six two seventy five. okay man 
dude was a beast while he was at Tennessee too. I just want to read you some quick stats from directly from their website, from Tennessee's website, just kind of talking about his junior year. And I do like to, because he's a junior, obviously, or I guess he was going to senior season, but out of all his stats, they talk about blah, 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 blah. They go on and on and on. The one that I like the most were their stats against Georgia. Of course, the defending national champions. Um, and during that game in Georgia, 89 snaps. Um, he did not allow a sack or quarterback hit that entire time. And that Georgia D-line is something serious, man. Oh, yeah. And that <laughs> little Trayvon Walker coming at you. Exactly. On, and even in their Purdue game, when they played, when Tennessee played against Purdue, he played 111 snaps. Did not allow a sack or penalty, bro. Okay, bro. All right, you got my eyes on him now. <laughs> he seems to be legit, man. I'm not gonna lie, and I think that's he a may sleeper? be one that could fall. That that's that, one that that's, could fall. That's, I have yeah. not seen him. Mm-hmm. He is not talked about. Okay, that's all I got, man. Who you like, or are you, or any position you like? So you know, I'm biased towards linemen, so. and rightfully so i i think tackles are a little bit more important than interior offensive linemen so if we can get a tackle a really high-end tackle like that at at 20 i'll take it i just have to like that prospect so we we got to see how they pan out um i'm looking at i thought i put offensive linemen as one but the other two positional needs so let's talk about the elephant in the room wide receiver Mm mm-hmm so let's say Alec Pierce does not pan out. Let's say even Michael Pittman Jr. somehow regresses or Paris Campbell doesn't pan out. Or we just need more wide receiver debt. I mean, we could run spread offense. We we might need four or five receivers out there. I'm thinking, why not get a why not get a stud in the first round if there's one left? I think Jackson Smith and Jiba is gonna be gone. Mm-hmm. Top five, top ten. Uh he's out of Ohio State too. I heard people saying he's better than Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and mm. y'all know who who they are. So he outproduced them last year by I think like 500 yards or so. So I think he's gonna go in top 10. So Colts fans, we can't be daydreaming about him. <laughs> uh, I also think Kayshawn uh, Booty out of LSU is probably gonna go. I mean he he's looking like Jamar Chase 2.0. I think also could be top 10. Uh, it's between those two. Those two are right now probably mm-hmm. the top wide receiver prospects. Um, but they could fall. You know, it just depends. Anything could happen. So keep your eyes on both of those receivers, Colts fans. One, I got a sleeper, Jamal. I got two, actually. I, okay. I think the second one's not really a sleeper, but TCU, Quentin Johnston. Mm, okay. 6'4", 212 pounds is who I'm eyeing. Going to be shrugging tackles off like he's Marshawn mm. Lynch. I mean, at that size, I mean, that's near like Megatron size, right? That frame, yeah. <laughs> good speed, good hands too. I keep an eye on him. TCU is not really, you know, an explosive offense to watch, but just remember, I said that on this episode. Quinn oh, Johnston, yeah. he's a receiver to look out for. Now, let's say Paris Campbell doesn't work out. Josh Downs out of North Carolina, slot Ooh. weapon. Yards after catch guy, big play threat receiver. Watch him too. We'll see what he does um, this year. But hey, if Paris Campbell get hurt, bring me some Josh Downs. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> if Paris Campbell does not play at least 10, I'm going to go with 11 games this year. Bring me Josh Downs. Um, and then the other position, I'm corner maybe. 
cornerback, I think that's a high impact position on defense. If you get a shutdown caliber corner, your defense, I mean, you can shut down a receiver. You you can shut down part of the passing game. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I see a lot of corners that could be taken, you know, top 15. We're talking Eli Rakes out of Alabama, Kelly Ringo out of Georgia. All, all of these are SEC schools. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no surprise there. Kelly Ringo, he had that pick six in the national championship to seal the deal. I mean, come on. And then Cam Smith out of South Carolina. All of them potential shutdown corner caliber cornerback. So keep an eye on them. Um, corners especially, I, I don't think all three of them will go that high. So we could very well see one of those fall to us. Um, receiver, I I think those top two receivers will be gone, but there'll yeah. still be enough receivers for us. Really, I, I think we have a lot of choices we can choose from, but it just depends how it you know comes to us. But right now... Uh, I, I, I hope we take quarterback of the future. That would be yeah. the number one thing. And if, okay. if it's a deep class, it's a good class. If we can get a quarterback of the future, that would be my number one positional need. Because Matt Ryan is not projected to be there forever. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. No, I, I, I agree with that. You know, like I said, as much as I would love to see Lyman there, uh, I think that we could, we can work with what we have, and we can go ahead and start to look at that quarterback of the future. And then build around him. I mean, again, we looked at as much as I don't like the Cowboys. We looked at what they did. They built that a lot. They built that entire line around Dak. And the first couple of seasons, they had all those young guys together. I mean, that was a well-oiled machine, of course. You know, and, they, and that's, I mean, their offense is still powerful. You know, but they just neither here nor there. But I, again, I say that because I, I wouldn't mind seeing us go ahead and find our quarterback in the future, and then taking some time to build up with what they need as opposed to trying to build our line and then figure out what we need for to work with what our alignment. And you brought up a good point. Build around a quarterback like the Cowboys did. Dak Prescott was a fourth-round pick. Mm. That's their starter right now. So now you're making me think, well, we could wait down the line. But no, <laughs> I'm going to take the higher prospect for sure. we can. Well, that's going to wrap it up, folks, for our 2023 first round projections. I want to thank everyone for tuning into the Colts cast. We release episodes every Monday and Friday morning. Go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any platform you use to listen to podcasts. We'll be back on Monday to give you some more Indianapolis Colts content. Y'all have a good weekend. Enjoy the weekend.